the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Uh, Elizabeth couldn't be in this morning. Uh, she will be with us at 6 o'clock, and uh, we will talk to her then. So I brought the Bible guys in for an extra hour today. That's mm-hmm. always a good thing yep. because that's one of our most you know, favorite topics um, here on the show. People like to hear this. So if you've got a question, 823-0965, typically at this time of year, people have questions about uh, about uh, Christmas time and you know what it is the Christmas story that we believe and you know something that everybody needs to keep in mind uh, the shepherds and the three kings and everybody else weren't all there at one time uh, they showed up on a specific night that Christ was born that's not what happened and uh, I mean if you read the scriptures it kind of tells you that it didn't happen and uh, it's uh, it's a it's an interesting time. It's a great time to remember Christ's birth, but remember it's not his birthday. The twenty fifth is not Jesus's birthday. Amen. I do, I'm not trying to blow everybody's bubble up here. I hope you don't you call know. it as any car. All right, that happened but... last year. <laughs> last year, I told somebody that December twenty fifth was not Christ's birthday, and you would have thought I told them. That their father really wasn't their father. <laughs> right. I'm just saying it was. I mean, it was. It was an eye-opening experience for them. But anyway, let's. Uh, a lot of that's going on. In fact, I was watching. I like to watch the Game Network because I like a lot of those games. Yeah, like America Says and. You mean Game Show Network? Yeah, the Game Show Network. Gotcha. So I'm, I was watching that, and one of the questions in Masterminds was uh, this uh, term in Latin. From the Roman Empire refers to what Christian holiday? And it was about Christmas. Nice. And it was a pagan celebration they right. were talking about. So anyway, we've taken a lot of stuff from the pagans into <coughs> Christendom. And, we, have. we have. And that was because of the Caesar at that time. Mm-hmm. Just keep that in mind. They were trying to placate <coughs> the dramatic tribes and all the rest of them. So... Just know that that was going on at that time. Doesn't mean that you're a pagan. That's, That's right. not what I'm saying. That's right. Understand that I'm not saying that. And I, I, I take umbrage when people say, you know, Satan claws and stuff right, like that. Right. I really get irritated with that stuff. But the bottom line is because at least, at least for some people, I'm, I'm going to say we're in a, in a minority now, not a majority, but in a minority now. Uh, people when they think of Christmas, they think of of the uh, spiritual and not of the secular. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you, you mean the minority thinks that way? Uh, yes, the minority yes. thinks yeah. of yes, yeah, correct. 
thinks of of Jesus. Right. Uh, now it's just the a majority for is just a holiday right. to go out and spend money. <clears throat> yep. That's what, and that for is, a lot of people, that's the case. That's the way we treat it. It's in, since we celebrate Hanukkah and we celebrate Tabernacles and we celebrate the Feast of the Lord, we t- tend to treat, uh, because we don't, we don't add, in our immediate family, we don't celebrate Christmas, but of course, all of my extended family still celebrates Christmas. So for us, this is a strictly, strictly secular sort of holiday. We We go out and we participate with family and, and engage with family because, you know, this is the time of year when everybody gets off work, right? So we use it as an opportunity to, to go and be with and, and don't really even try anymore to try to treat it as I, a religious holiday. I use what happened to how we celebrate Christmas in this nation today as an example of why we want to stay connected to the Hebraic things. <clears throat> and the reason I, uh, I say it that way is what's the focus? The focus is on santa just the date of december 25th the buying of gifts a tree just fellowshipping and it has moved us away from the quote-unquote reason for the season right so if you go back 30 years 40 years 50 years whatever then everybody the whole focus was about the birth of the messiah Mm -hmm. well it slowly moved us away from the focus because we've now turned it into you know a secular day and a and a um Uh, financial day well now connect that to the way we view things which is the hebraic things so when people say well why don't you celebrate christmas or why don't you celebrate easter in the way we do things is because it those things have done what modern christendom had done to the original purpose is it moved us away from the original story the original intent and took us off focus and now we've lost the meaning of these seasons gives you an opportunity though to talk about the real meaning it does and, and you know we we talk a lot about the fact that um scripture contains lots of, of foreshadowing and shadows and pictures um the problem that i have with our current holidays is that they are and not even not even really good shadows they are weak shadows mm-hmm. of what the high holy days that God actually prescribed for us at this time. Um, so it's not that I shun them. It's that I look forward to something that is much better. You know, Tabernacles has so much more meaning than Christmas does. Hanukkah has so much more meaning than Christmas does. Passover has so much more meaning than Easter does. Um, and so, you will find every single one of those in the scripture. Right. You will right. not find our traditions. Right. So scripture. why drink warm milk? When you can have a steak. That's right. 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 So, Isn't that what Paul said? Right. Yeah. So it's it's not that, you know, I, I am not. He said it a little better than yeah. I did. But well, well, you know, uh, <laughs> it's Paul. It's Paul. It was Paul. That's right. So it's not that we, we bash on right. um, the, the current holidays. It's just that there are a much more significant and much more meaningful set of holidays that we uh, prefer, I suppose. Yep. All right. Here's your first <laughs> question. Yeah has nothing to do with Christmas. <laughs> okay. It says, is the moving of the prophetic still in operation today <laughs> in modern times, the church age? Another radio announcer here in Little Rock is telling everyone that prophecy has ended. He bases this on Hebrews 1, 1 to 2. When God used to use Old Testament prophets until he sent Jesus. Quote, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways, 
But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. There you go. Now, can I say that in the Old Testament, prophecy was was uh, directing our thoughts towards what? Yeah, the coming, of the, mm-hmm. the coming of, of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. So now the Messiah has come. But he didn't stop prophesying. Right. He prophesied. The the, uh, the apostles prophesied. And everything was about, he's coming back. Right. Yeah. All right. So exact, with that, let me turn it to you. What was that scripture exactly? Uh, Hebrews, Hebrews 1, 1, one, verses 1 and 2. I was going to say, it didn't make sense in a Yeah, so um, before we deal with the actual um, two, pa- two verses there, I, I will point out that um, Romans 12, and I think it's verse... Six um, says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, then let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. And if we jump over to First Corinthians chapter 12, where we see the nine gifts of the spirit, the gift of prophecy is also list, uh, listed there. So we seem to have uh, a contradiction um, between um, several passages of scripture so well not for some people well, because they don't believe the gifts of the spirit are well there you go longer. i mean if you just deny the entire <laughs> so if you're going to deny the, the the gifts of the spirit in their entirety then you have to deny most of the new testament because the new testament was written through these gifts um written through prophecy and written through tongues and written through interpretation so um we, we find an even bigger problem there um if we're going to reject the gifts of the spirit so well let me go ahead and um Oh, I'm sorry. No, so yeah. I was going to say, so we have to turn our attention to what is actually meant here in this passage of Scripture. And, and I think you've already alluded to it in the fact that it's not talking about all prophecy. Right. It's talking about a specific type of prophecy, and that prophecy would be? <clears throat> well, let me start by this. I'll do, I would do a good Jewish thing here if I was talking to this individual <laughs> face-to-face. And I would say, I'm going to answer your question when you show me in the scriptures where the church age is. Right. <laughs> because there, there's a, a premise there that's not yeah. biblical. We have a presupposition that right. doesn't necessarily hold water. When you say that now in the church age, that, that phrase does not exist uh, in the New Testament. So when we, th- when we take that, um, well, I'll use the way Paul said it in Ephesians when he was actually talking about the division that was between the Jew and the Gentile. And he used the wall of mid, the the uh, middle wall of separation needs to be torn down, which was the wall that was surrounding the temple, is what he was alluding to. Um, we need to take the middle wall of separation out of the middle of the Old and New Testaments in our Bible, that right. little blank piece of paper that shifts between old and new, and then you might more accurately understand church age. But another time for another topic. Well, the bottom line is Old Testament, New Testament, both about Jesus. Right. Correct. But that's why when you say church age, what that creates in a in a person's mind is old the separation between and the new, two. Yeah. not Jew not and Gentile. Now. And by the way, that right. separation is only about 150, I guess, approaching 200 years old at this point. That is a the whole concept of dispensationalism is a relatively right. new concept within Christianity. That was not Who the started way. it. Um, I don't it, know. I, I wish tell Scott me, were here. Tell me, Scott has, tell me it wasn't the Southern Baptist. It, so um, <laughs> where it is propagated is yeah. is through um, the Bible colleges and through seminary, but all yeah. of the seminaries 
go back to a single seminary started by a single man, and I want to say he was a Baptist. Sorry. I think it Um, does go back further because I do think um, uh, Augustine was one of the early guys that started talking about a grace versus law mentality. And that yeah. was fourth century, but to actually use the church age like Billy's right. referred to is. And is Scott's got a pretty. I think he's done a two or three sermon um, set on dispensationalism and yeah. what the problems there are, and et cetera. He makes reference right. to it every once in a while. But and, now to the question of of prophecy. Well, okay, if, okay. Hold your thought. All right. <laughs> Need a break already? Break. Yeah, I got to get our. Well, already we've we've been doing we've been into this for. 13 oh, wow. minutes already. Well, that's We're 18 after right now. <laughs> now, I'm sitting here. I'm looking at uh, Steve has crossed for me. He's former military. I'm former military. Billy, are you former military? Negative. Okay, you weren't. So, But if you're former military, here's what you know. You never know where you're going to be at at any given year, in any given half a year. Uh, you can be told you got a PCS in a matter of weeks. Uh, when I was stationed at Wordsmith Air Force Base, I was called by a former uh, colonel I worked for on Guam who said, I want you to do the internal information for the Air Force. I said, sir, I've only been here for four months. They're not going to move me. And he says, you let me worry about that and let General Abel worry about that. And I walked in to work the next day, and my commander called me in and said, who do you know? <laughs> And I, I said, I know a lot of people. He says, evidently, you know General Abel, because I have, I have orders for you to leave tomorrow. So it can happen that quick. It can happen. I got orders for you to leave today, in fact. I've sure. known guys that have been in that. Now, that can really cause some stress for military members, especially, let's say you've been at a base for several years. You bought a house. Now you got to move, you got to find a new home, you got to sell the home that you already have, and it, it causes a whole lot of problems. For instance, Joe and Paula were having this problem. They had tried to sell their home in Little Rock for over a year with two different agents. The stress was mounting because they'd already moved into a new home, and now they're paying uh, two mortgage. And Brian, Brian, a friend is an Air Force pilot. He's trying to sell his North Little Rock home However, before he could sell it, he's transferred or PCS. After six months of no success, he decided to make it a rental property. We know how that goes if you're military, about being a absentee landlord. No longer wanting to be a landlord, he reached out to Dustin Turner, and Dustin and his team put their explosive marketing plan to work for him, and it was like being shot out of a cannon. The first weekend, the home listed. It was sold for $5,000 over the asking price. Now, I won't tell you that that is exactly how things are going to work for you if you're in the military. I'm just going to tell you that you have a better chance of that happening for you with Dustin Turner. That's why he's the only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home right now. So call Dustin Turner today, 501-952-2969. That's 501-952-2969. Or go online to hometeamsoldit.com. That's hometeamsoldit.com. Then you can just start packing because your house is going to get sold. All right, we're sitting here, we're sitting here talking about 
Talking about movies. What a big <laughs> surprise on the Dave Ellswick show. Right, right. <laughs> we were talking about Dr. Strangelove. Gosh, I love that movie. Yeah. Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Love the Bomb. <laughs> how I Learned to Stop Fearing yeah, and Love the Bomb. Um, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's a very, very long title. But Kubrick. It's a good movie. Kubrick was the director. Yeah, yeah and Chill, was it? not Chill Wills, what was the guy who wrote the, the, the atom bomb down? I, I don't I can't know. think of his name right now. I'm not a, the buff that you it's, are. It's a, such a great movie. It's, as much as I like that scene, my favorite scene is is the commander of the air base that's holding off the troops, the American and British troops, from taking over his air base because he was protecting the the essence of the American fighting man. <laughs> it's like, it's, and there's a there's an inside Coke joke that you'll like, Steve. Where yeah. Peter Sellers shoots a Coke machine up, and they get all over him about destroying government property. I'll have to watch it. <laughs> you got to see it. You'll love it if you've served in the military. It's one of those movies you got to watch because yeah. it's really good. All right, prophecy. Okay, so back online. <clears throat> that part in Hebrews uh, was not a blanket statement. This is unfortunately what happens when we do a lot of studies, and we'll catch a word. And then we'll think that word means the same or applies in every other place that you see that word being used. And the context of that is dealing with the words that were spoken of through the prophets and then how uh, Jesus was basically that final word. And that is true. When you're talking about pure revelation from God, that part of that prophecy, and that's what the prophets gave, that's what the, uh, the words that they spoke back in the day, those direct words from God that we would then attribute to being uh, scriptural. However, that's not the same thing as New Testament prophecy. Okay. Because whoever the book of whoever the writer of the book of Hebrews is, he was obviously aware, and I think they say think this was written sometime in the early sixties. Well, if you go back, not nineteen sixty, right? Yeah, not the nineteen sixties. <laughs> <laughs> you probably find some liberal scholars that would say so, but. Uh, <laughs> But you can go back and look in Acts chapter 13, and it talks about uh, Barnabas and some of the other men that were from Antioch, and they identify them as prophets. Right. Uh, in Acts 15, it talks about uh, two other guys, I think one of them was Silas, that they were identified as prophets. Uh, Acts, now, wait, this is after Jesus. Came. Way after Jesus. I'm just saying. Right. And then you have uh, Corinthians 12, which begins to lay out the gifts. 13 talks about in 14 how to minister the gifts of prophecy and at one point um that uh, paul uses the phrase he says i wish that you all prophesy right and so but what it is not is prophesying um divine revelation apart that is scripture what it is is prophesying events like what happened i think it was agabus who prophesied to paul and, and he grabbed his belt, wrapped it around Paul's wrist, and said, this is what will happen to the man that goes to Rome. And so what he did was prophesy to Paul that he was going to be imprisoned. That's the kind of prophecy and the gifts that were still uh, enacted in that time, and I argue that are still enacted today because I've watched it transpire. Yeah. I've watched Seen people yeah. give words to people that they didn't know then, men who were never in town, member who, who were there, not known by these individuals where they could have done that. So I've seen those things happen. So... I can show you scripturally how in the New Testament, after, quote-unquote, the beginning of the church age, if they want to use that terminology, it was in practice, and with my own eyes, have seen it happen, so I know it's still an active gift today. All right, keep your thoughts. We've got to go and uh, hear the news. That's coming up bottom of the hour, and then we'll be back. we got an extra hour of the Bible guys today, so 
We've got extra time for you to ask your questions. 823-0965. Billy's here. Steve's here. Scott is out on holiday. All right, Bible guys are here. They are with us for an extra hour today, which is always fun. We've done special shows where we've done every hour with them, and it's always an interesting time because people have lots of questions about Scripture. And uh, if they didn't, we wouldn't have how many different denominations? Uh, I think there's two. Two. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, okay. Anyway, keep in mind that we wouldn't have that many denominations if everybody didn't have questions about a lot of different things. So with that said, uh, let me get to to Billy as soon as I tell you about uh, the good folks over at – the clinical research uh, facility wants you to know they're still taking healthy volunteers for the COVID-19 vaccine clinical research study. Uh, If you want to help them uh, and you want to help them research an investigational vaccine for COVID-19, this is a time to do it. They're open for it. By participating in this clinical trial, you're going to have access to no cost, study-related care. That means you don't pay for anything. Uh, You also have the opportunity to help advance COVID-19 research. No insurance required to take part. So if you're an adult and you're in good or stable health, you probably will be able to qualify. What you have to do is call 501-954-7822. That's 501-954-7822. Or go to C, the letter C, the number 19vaccinestudy.com, c19vaccinestudy.com, and see if you can qualify. All right, let me turn my attention back now to uh, Billy. And, Billy, you were going to jump off on what uh, Steve had said, talking about prophecies spoken about the Old Testament's not the same prophecy that we're speaking about in the New Testament. Right. And, and so the question originally was was specifically about Hebrews 1, 1, and 2. Um, and here's the thing. When someone asks me a question and they quote specific passages of Scripture, the thing that I pr- always prefer to do is go read what came right before and what came right after. Um, because we have this habit, being Greek-minded, we have this habit, and, and having grown up in churches where pastors who went to seminary were taught uh, a particular way of preparing sermons um, that we cherry-pick Scripture. And as a result, a lot of times we don't go read the full context of what is, uh, is what I've spoken of. And if you go actually read the entire first chapter of Hebrews, you, you'll see a much larger picture of what's being talked about uh, as prophecy here because it's all about um, the, the coming of the Messiah. And, and what is actually being said here is, hey— uh, the 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 four, our forefathers had the prophets to tell them about the coming of the Messiah, but that's no longer necessary because the Messiah has come. So this is he was here and left. That's and right. Come, and he's coming back again. Right. We know we no longer need that that uh, shadow that that foreshadowing of the picture of the Messiah who is to come because he has come and revealed himself and spoke in power and in action and in deed. And then it goes through. It actually goes through and lays back out the, hey, here's a whole bunch of evidence for that. Uh, here's what scripture had to say about him. So this is a I, I hate to say it, and I'm, I'm glad we didn't I don't know which which preacher teacher was that made the statement um, and, and don't want to because um 
I'm, I'm going to make a, a bit of a harsh statement here, and that is that we have this problem all over the place where people pull things out of context and then offer them as gospel. Uh, and when we go read those things in context, the out-of-context statement does not match what the in-context statement has. The in-context statement here is very clear that we're dealing with a very specific subset of prophecy, and that subset of prophecy is specifically talking about the coming Messiah. Well, of course that's over, because by the time we get to Hebrews, Messiah's been here uh, and has done the job that he needed to do the first time around and has ascended on high. Matter of fact, we go through this, you've sat down at the right hand, et cetera, et cetera. So um, this, this is just... Poor understanding, right. unfortunately. <clears throat> one of the things that my old pastor, one of the phrases he used to use in, in dealing with kind of context, I won't tell you the one that I use because I've kind of pulled back <laughs> from that harsh Steve just a, a wee bit, is he would take two scriptures, uh, where one where in the Bible it says Judas went and hung himself, and there's another scripture that says you go and do likewise yourself. We don't realize that there's a lot of preachers that teach and study that way. Right. It'll take two scriptures completely out of context, and they'll knit them together because they're trying to do what was t- called a, is a topical sermon. Right. So they'll they'll get an idea on something they want to teach, and then they'll go pull Cherry scriptures mm-hmm. that, that they are claiming that back up, and then what we do is then we weave two scriptures together. That have no relationship. Have no just, just like that. So, yeah, obviously uh, um, you don't want to do what Judas did. Right, but you can put two scriptures together that suggest that. So yeah. when I'm trying to make that point, when I'm preaching, and I really want to drive that home, I will, I will, I will leave that big pregnant pause. So I make sure I've got everybody's attention. Then I'll look, I'll look at them and say, I can prove to you that Scripture itself proves that there is no God. That Scripture right. itself says there is no God. And of course, everybody in the uh, the congregation would take you like a puppy, where they cock their head over and go, "What?" And I go, "Because Scripture says the fool saith in his heart there is no God." Mm-hmm. But if I want to cherry pick mm-hmm. and pull Scripture apart and and just take the bits and the pieces, I can make anything fit. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's that's what we have by and large done in the modern church. Yeah. Or you can prove there is no God by with by taking some Scripture out of context yeah. mm-hmm. where it's talking about. God small g, yeah, yeah, and you just use the word God, yep. and it ain't talking about the God. It's talking about man-made God. Right. Yeah. It is not speaking about Elohim. One, it, says that. one of the things I've wrestled with for a little while now, uh, I've always been uh, <clears throat> um, a pursuer of things that are true. Right, uh, Air Force core value, the first one. Integrity, right? Integrity first. It means everything that you do must be straightforward, must be honest, and so it's in my core. And so when I became a believer, it was not a difficult transition to realize that you have to pursue everything with integrity when you study, um, when you pray, when the Spirit of God reveals something to you that may not be right within your own heart, do you have the integrity to look at it and say that's not right or that is right? Uh, And truth is a word that is thrown around real easily and, and flippantly, you know. Um, and I've had people use phrases like, well, it, this is my truth, then it's not true. And it, it, that's just an opinion. It's, if it's your truth, then right. it's not truth. Because truth, in Hebrew, the word comes from the same word that we use for amen. It comes from the same word that we use for faith. Uh, it means, it actually means stability and firmness. So if something is true, it is true. You can lay it's your stable. life on it. Right. right. 
And and we always have to be in pursuit of that and not in pursuit of our own agendas, our own thoughts, our own denominations. Let the Scripture take you to what it says. Do not try and take the Scripture to what it is you believe it says. Truth. It's really important. It is extremely important. It would eliminate the denominations and eliminate a lot of the, the infighting and differences that we have. We'd also find that the things that we fight about in, in the church community um, – are not as important as we've made them to be the divisions oh, yeah. because most of the stuff we believe is things about the spirit realm that it can be difficult to understand things of the past which is just a matter of opinion or things of the future which is just a matter of opinion there are just some of those things that you cannot nail down because you will find people that will use scripture to prove um in a pre-adamic world they'll use scripture to justify it um, and then you'll use people that will use the scripture to prove that there was no pre-Adamic world. So or pick anything, pick rapture or whatever, Nephilim, pick a topic, tribulation, seven years, three and a half, whatever. You're going to find something and people can always, quote unquote, justify it with scripture because they do exactly what we just said is they reach around and pull all the different places that, that it's all located and then weave them all together. Yeah. And it doesn't typically work that way. Yeah. Right. We think it does at time, but it right. doesn't work that way. I'm, people ask me questions, and I don't know why it's so hard. And, and this is a human trait, not a Christian trait. A human trait is you want to give an answer. Right. Yep. You want to sound like you're the guy, that you've got the answers. And I can look at people and say, you know, I don't know. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but here's what I do know. Right. I know that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life, and no one comes to the Father right. except by me, period. Yep. Yep. All right, so let's start there. Right. If yep. we start there, we've got the whole crux of the biscuit yep. in front of us. Yep. I, I became a much more effective teacher and preacher uh, as a fairly young man when I learned to say, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> now, I generally generally followed that up with, but I'll see if I can find out, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. because that my my drive is to go and know those things. Yeah, let me but, do some study on that. Yeah, it, it took me a while. Uh, I, I might have been a slightly arrogant young man. No. But, uh, <clears throat> no, I can't But it took me a long were. time. took me a long time to learn to say, I don't know. And that's so. the reason why in Christendom, they don't put young people Right. In charge of a lot of yeah, things. Because exactly you're right. full of yourself. It's you know? a command in Timothy. Don't put a novice in charge. Yeah. You makes gotta, sense. Gotta, gotta give him time to grow. Makes sense. All right. Let's take a quick break uh, with the Bible guys. They're here until 8 o'clock. Got a question? Let me give you the number to call 501 823 0965. 501 Give us a call and you can ask us any question you so desire about. Uh, you know, Christianity, religion in general, whatever. The phones are open for you. I just uh, had a group uh, I, I called St. Clarity Residential Cleaning uh, come to me and say, I want people to know about my business. I get calls like that from time to time. They know that I talk to you every day and that now, they'll sit down and say, here's what I'm doing, this is what I've done, this is what I'm trying to accomplish, and uh, if I can sense the sincerity and the uh, the ethics in that person, then I take them as a client, and I have no problem offering them to you. And uh, St. Uh, Clarity Residential Cleaning is one of those uh, those businesses. 
There's other cleaning companies out there, but I don't know how, you know, how ethical they are. I do know the ethical background of, of St. Clarity's. I really do. So I'm going to offer them to you. What we have done is got with them and uh, we're talking about them and we're offering gift certificates that you can buy. And here's what's cool about this. Uh, for 200 bucks, you get a 1,500 square foot house cleaned. Okay. And we'll give you one of those. We won't give it. We'll sell you one of those $200 gift certificates for 50%, 100 bucks. So you're going to save $100 and get your house cleaned. Do the same thing with the big houses. That's typically, a, uh, you know, we're talking $300 uh, for a big house, bigger than 1,500 square foot. And uh, you can buy a $300 you know, gift certificate for 150 bucks. And guys, I'm going to tell you, this is an easy, this is a really a no-brainer for you. You buy these, give them to your wife on Christmas. Put them in, the, in her stocking, and it'll let her get her house clean, and she won't have to do it. And I'm not talking that they're just going to, you know, run a mop and uh, a, dust, a dust drag and, and a sweeper in your home. I'm talking about deep cleaning, and you can talk to the folks at St. Clarity, and they'll go into depth about that. So give uh, us a call here at 101. You call 404-6560, and you can ask for either Chuck or Lynn, and they'll make sure you get one of these uh, certificates. Uh, you can call that number, and you can pay for it over the phone. They'll mail them to you, or you can come by the station and pick them up right here uh, on the seventh floor of the tower next to the uh, uh, the Catholic Boys High School. So give your wife a break uh, or maybe if you're a single parent and you're a guy give yourself a break buy yourself a, a, a one of these uh, gift certificates 100 bucks or 150 bucks uh, big house 150 small house a hundred dollars and let st clarity residential cleaning take care of getting your home uh, as clean as it possibly can be back with you we've got uh, steve hess here We've got Billy here, and they're ready to answer your uh, questions about Scripture. They're here for an extra hour today. Uh, Elizabeth couldn't be with us uh, during the first hour, or let, let me put it this way. I thought she couldn't be here the first hour, and so I went ahead and put these guys in. She'll be with me in the 6 o'clock hour. All right, so Excellent. I'll be talking to her at that time. Uh, I, I asked her if she would call back to do that, and she said yes, so. Bottom line, she'll be. And what we're going to talk about at 6 o'clock hour, the uh, coronavirus relief package just mm -hmm. passed. What's in it? Remember when Pelosi said $2,500 was just crumbs to give to the people? Right. Mm -hmm. And now they're going to give you $600, and she Curiating. thinks it's the greatest thing since canned right. beer. Yeah. You know? Or peanut butter and jelly or mm, whatever butter. you want to say. Where's the other $700 million going? Yeah, well, there's, yeah. let me just tell you, there's a lot of money going out to other countries. There are a whole lot of people that we other have generally countries. considered enemies who are getting a great big piece of the pie this time around. A so. huge amount. And it, it amazes me that they're doing that when you look at how American business is suffering because of their yeah, decisions. Right. Right. Their decisions, That's not... Right. Businesses' decisions, but their decisions. The, the, I look at this and I, I think to myself that 
the government we have is like some of the bad kings that Israel had. Yeah. Just saying. Well, there there comes a point where at least privately I look around at some of their actions and go, this is treasonous. What they are choosing to do to this country. They're making conscious decisions that are destroying American lives. And these are the people that we've put in office that are supposed to be protecting and and making this country a better place for its citizens. And instead, um, they are ruining lives. Whether you believe in an election fraud or not, 70 million people voted for this. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what they voted for. And I would argue that you could probably tack on another 30 million because the people on the right are just as corrupt. Those who are allowed, who allowed that to go through are just as corrupt. It's, yeah. That's why I come back to truth, honor, integrity, your word, do selflessness, not your own political agendas, your own spiritual agendas, whatever it is. What is true? Yeah. Frustrating. Very frustrating because they are destroying this country. And when most of us who were in the, you know, in people in the military took oath, and we are supposed to support against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and all of our enemies are domestic right now. I saw a a, a meme the other day that was really good, and a lot of people say, well, "How can you be in the military when you know X, Y, or Z was was president?" And I always, I'm, I'm going to say this from now on, because a soldier follows the flag; mm-hmm. yeah. he doesn't follow. The commander in chief. Correct. All the right. You is, do uh, what you're, 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 you have to do, but it's you're protecting the flag. Yep. The, the oath is support and defend the Constitution. That's correct. Right, which is what the flag is in representing. And in the Constitution, if that means a bunch of idiots vote for the wrong people, then we have to support their right to right. do that. Mm. That's the freedom that we support. Yeah. But if they give us a order that is not. We do talk about lawful. Lawful. Orders. That's right. right. And they, and that can happen. And some people have uh, been court-martialed because mm-hmm. of that and then have been found not guilty. Some people have been found guilty right. even for that. When I mean, there was a lot of uh, – go back and read your history. And during the Indian Wars, there were a lot of, of uh, mm-hmm. soldiers that would not follow what Washington – not General Washington or President Washington, but – speaking in generic of D.C., uh, was ordering them to do to the American Indian. Yeah. It just would have nothing to do with it. And and I think uh, I think the time is not far off where we will have to start making some of those decisions ourselves. Um, and the only way you can make those decisions is where is your belief at? Right. Where was the founding fathers? It was in the Bible. Right. Yep. You got... To know your Bible, and you've got to stand on that word. And, and you have you to really know your do. Bible well enough that your convictions uh, aren't wishy-washy. Uh, you know, I, I there are a series of lines I will not cross, and I don't care. I don't care what governor has to say. I don't care what the president has to say. There are lines I will not cross, um, even at the potential expense of my own life. I simply am not going to cross those lines. It's getting crazy so, out in California right yeah. now. If, yeah, if you're a Christian in California, it's getting really crazy out there. I mean, yeah. nuts kind of crazy. Yeah. If you are a Christian in California, might I suggest Texas? Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But, if, it, or but if, you, if you or Arkansas, if you're coming here, leave that other crap that you learned right. while you were in California right. there. Right. Don't bring it with you. We don't want it. I mean, that's why they're calling it, you know, uh, what is it, uh, California... 
Texas or whatever that they're they're saying. Yeah, about Texas it now? is uh, particularly in the Austin area. Oh. Um, they are concerned that all those people have come from, and it showed in the uh, polls uh, and the voting, the election results that those who have come from California are bringing a bunch of that crap with them. Yeah, it shows in the homelessness that's right. there and how that's all set up. All right, that's it for the first hour. Come on back for the second hour after the news. These guys are going to be here. Uh, we'll find something to talk about here on uh, the Bible Guys on the Dave Ellswick Show. pudding and if you like figgy pudding you're a stronger person than i am <laughs> heidi knows what i'm talking about some of the stuff i'm just telling you some of the stuff back in the day that we sing so highly about now yeah. yuck yeah. it's like haggis uh-uh not me i ain't eating any pigs nope. bowel <laughs> ain't gonna happen oh Got a, you got to like Manhattan Steamroller, though. That's that's good music. That is really good music. I, I think for this side of the table, you could have stopped with pig. You didn't have to get to the bowel part. <laughs> yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> that's true. Okay. So we, I got uh, the Bible guys here for one more hour, and uh, Steve reminded me that I didn't get to a question I do last week or a week before, and we wanted to get to this because it's a good question. And there, there's people who are real heavy into some of this. And so here's a question. I want to ask a question along the lines of the spiritual world. Now, remember, Paul tells us that there's a world seen and a world that's unseen. And uh, maybe we don't talk about that unseen world enough because the, the war that's going on there is affecting the world that we live in here. That's right. Just so you know. Uh, Pastor Scott said that there were angels all around us. Of course there are. Amy Grant said so. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's a joke, man. I know Amy, okay? That was a great song. Uh, She used... I interviewed her, and here's what she said. There's got to be angels all around around us. Think about when you drive down the expressway, and there's six inches between you and the car in the next lane, and you're kept safe. Pretty good I, uh, thing to say. I, I my life was saved last night, as a matter of fact. So uh, I had a guy in a very very large vehicle change lanes on me, and I don't know how he missed me. Yeah, uh, and I, I, I had a wall immediately to my right. I, there was nowhere for me to go. And I got to believe that that's somewhere. where that whole saying comes there, but the grace of God. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. All right, that's where it comes from. Because a lot of us know, and I can tell you personal stories. Uh, that people live through things and they should not have. Right. I was witnessing to a guy and you know, he was a he was a Jewish guy and he was denying the truth. I mean, just flat out would deny the truth. And uh, this is when I was stationed on Guam, and he and, and Vic Furman was his name was coming home one night 
and the roads on Guam get as slick as snot when it rains because there's coral in them, mm. and that coral grows when mm. it gets wet, and it gets really, really slick. And uh, he lost control of his car and was heading for two trees, and there was no boom, and he got out of his car. And he had the picture. I don't know if he's still got it or not. But you could see the tire prints going at the trees. And you could tell that was wider than those two trees that were ahead. And that he ended up on the other side of the trees. And the tire track stopped at the trees and picked up after the trees. Yeah. Now, that's God working. A little divine intervention. All right. Mm Mm-hmm. Been a believer for a long time now. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> so anyway, that's just one of those great stories. I love to, I love telling that. Story. Anyway, uh, here's the question from our listener. I think that it is true, but what uh, about angels being all around us? But what do you think about personal angels? Do we have them? Are there still angels over cities like the Prince of Persia, or are things different now that we have Jesus? Also. We speak to unclean spirits by rebuking them, etc. But should we speak to our angels as well in more pleasant ways? Hmm. If we are going to judge angels, shouldn't we have some interaction with them? Now, there's three questions there. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the last question first. People believe that when we go to heaven, that we're going to be put in charge or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that angels will take uh, take orders from us. Uh, is that taught in the Bible, or is that just people taking some verses and and maybe Man, taking them out of context? Yeah, I'd have to really dig into that, because there's at one point uh, where uh, I believe it's Paul says that do not know that we will judge angels. Uh, and I think the context uh, is that when, um, I think it's in the context of where that he's talking about how people in the church we're going towards going to world courts instead of handling handling things within the church court, um, and anything that we would say about how that's going to play out is purely speculative. I, yeah. I don't know how in one verse it says that we're made a little bit lower in angels, but in another verse it says that we're going to judge them. That I would have no idea how that's going to play out until we till we see this, simply yeah. because that seems like a um, two dichotomies there between well and and scripture specifically says that god will judge the fallen angels um and and then cast them away and unlike us uh who have the opportunity for redemption angels don't have the opportunity for redemption so they are either obeying and following the will of god or they are fallen and going to be judged by god so even if we were to judge the angels i'm not exactly sure what we would be judging i mean Uh, it's it's not like we need to find them righteous or unrighteous. The fact that they are, are, don't fall into the fallen category means that they've already done what they were supposed to do. So, um, yeah, I really don't know how we would contextualize that, right? Simply because that's all he said was, "Do you not know that you will judge angels?" Yeah, that there's not a whole lot there to build any no. kind of belief right. system right. on. So yeah. and that's why you do have to be careful with some of the angelology stuff because it really is. Uh, some speculative stuff, but then also pulling from a lot of extra biblical things because yep. you'll see things in the Apocrypha. Um, was it there that there's, yeah, because I believe it's there where the other eight angels are mentioned because I believe there's a total of seven quote unquote archangels in Jewish thought. 
Okay, yeah. so Michael and Gabriel are two, and we yeah. hear about them a lot. Right. right, and then Lucifer would be considered the third one, of, and he's the one that led the third, the fall the way kind of mm-hmm. mentality. But then I believe there's, um, there's uh, Uriel. Raphael and Uriel. Yeah, um, yeah there are several so, others yep. that are in the apocryphal works. Yep, and so you have to be careful with some of the stuff that you're seeing because they're going to pull some of that belief on yep. angelology. Now, um, with regards to the one question that you can pull from scriptures is do we have personal angels? That is clear and that is evident because when they, um, in Acts, when they thought Peter was dead and Peter got out of prison after he escaped from the angel, Breaking, I think that was the one where they broke the chains, opened the doors, and all that other yeah, kind of stuff. But the guards to sleep, and then he went knocking on the door, and they were afraid because they saw him. And they th- and the scripture says that we thought it was his angel. Mm. So obviously, he has a personal angel, and there was a belief that they understood. And apparently, the angel kind of looks like us, since they saw Peter, and they just thought it was his angel. Mm. So it's interesting. He, always, uh, my assumption there was always that they thought that it was his spirit. Uh, I would have to go look at the actual. Greek there. I don't, yeah. I don't know what's underlying Yeah, the English that. word that's used there is, is angel. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. So here's a, I want to go back to here in the middle part of this question where they say we speak uh, to unclean spirits by rebuking them, etc. Mm-hmm. Then it says, well, if that's the case, basically, should we speak to our angels as well in more pleasant ways? Hmm. Can you talk to your angels? I don't even know that I would. Ha- I can't think of of a, a scriptural reference where they were communicating with the angels. Yeah. You see, at, at the resurrection. Um. Yep. Very good. Yep. That I was going to well, say. Well, you got the angels Abraham. at the birth. Um, yeah. Talking to the shepherds. So there, yeah, there's but, some communication there, but that's. But they were visible. Right. Right. Those were manifestations right. in which it would be clear. I'm, if you're talking now. Because even the other example of Abraham, uh, when uh, the angel of the Lord came before he went to Sodom and Gomorrah, um, and he was speaking, but those were manifestations that you could see. Right. Now, if I could see my angel and he was talking to me, I'd probably talk back. Yeah. You know, but as far as uh, like in just not seeing into the spirit realm and then somehow having a form of communication where we could either just communicate about things or um, command things, which is, yeah. is, a, is, a, is a belief is that you can command your angels. And we're going to talk about things. that here in a second. And I, I don't I don't recall any of those references where you can kind of do that. But yes, obviously, if angels start manifesting before you, um, yeah. probably go okay to talk to them then. Yeah, so, um, and I'd like to go back to part of that, which is the whole rebuking thing. Understand that you're not you're not rebuking mm. um, those things in your own power. Mm. Um, you're, you're, you're rebuking those by the authority of the Messiah. Uh, you're rebuking those things um, by the power that has been extended to you through your um, belief in the Messiah. So there, it, it, there's, <clears throat> it's not same, same there, uh, unfortunately. And I so. would say in examples like the story that you gave about your friend is those were probably angels that were responding to a command of the Lord. Yeah. Because just as there are many stories where that kind of stuff happens, there's equally as many stories where they didn't happen and, right. they, and people died. They hit a tree yep. or yeah. whatever. I and agree. So I think that um, whether there's a blanket in the spirit realm, whether there's a blanket command that God <laughs> says to him, you keep that fool alive at all costs because I've got plans for him in the yeah. future. Uh, or are they specifically responding at that moment where God says, save that one? Yeah. yeah. Well, and we know if, even if we just go look at, um, say, Daniel, 
Uh, Daniel had to wait 21 days. Why? Because the angel was tied up with other things. Yeah, he was, was like, look, I, I got stuff going on. I've been sent, and I was sent the moment you started praying. Was, but, that, was that Gabriel? Um, that was Gabriel, yes. yes. Um, it was coming with the answer. Right. But and Michael uh, had to relieve Satan. him so that he could slip away and come deliver the message. So um, unless there had, had been some directive, you know, if, if anybody was going to get a personal angel to hang around beside him, I would think it would be one of the prophets, specifically someone like Daniel or Isaiah. And even Daniel had to wait. Right. So um, I, I don't know. And here's part of here's part of the reason I don't know, because I haven't spent a lot of time studying this. And I haven't spent a lot of time studying this for the same reason I haven't spent a whole lot of time studying the pre-Adamic world or a a bunch of these other things that we were talking about earlier in the first hour where it's because they don't matter in the the big picture of things. I I understand the curiosity, um, but it's not going to... It's not going to change my salvation position. It's not going to change what I'm preaching. It's not going to change what I'm teaching. Uh, And in reality, it's one of those things that when it's time for us to understand that, you know, we're standing in a uh, a new body before the the Almighty God, uh, and it's time for us to understand what needs to be done. We will understand what needs to be done. One of the things that, and why we need to be cautious about delving too much into it, is the verse here in um, Colossians, where he says, "Let no man beguile you uh, of your reward uh, in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels." Right. Intruding into those things which hath not he hath not seen vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. And that's the part of the stuff that we're um uh, we can focus on just as just one example. I remember driving down the road and stopping witnessing to a girl um sitting on a bench and um and and was talking to her about the things of God and she said, Well, I know I got my angel and they're over watching me. That was that just like we talked about earlier with Santa Claus, it takes right. you right. off mm-hmm. of the pack. And it gets you focused on something like this where people turn into worshiping angels, communicating with angels. Well, and, and reaching out honest. to their angel to protect them instead of reaching out to God, right? Uh, right. No, no, no. You, you need to be reaching out to the Messiah um, instead of trying to look for an underling. All right. We got to take a break. All right. Got to get that in. Hate to do that because this is a really good conversation. We can come back and continue it. You got questions about angels? Here's your opportunity. You know, we'll talk a little angelology right now. Just know that it says Billy and uh, Steve are saying that that is, if if you're majoring on that, you're majoring on the minors. Mm. All right. You need to major on the majors. What's the major? The major is, what was the good news? What did Jesus tell us to go out and spread the good news? What was that? That he came and that uh, he was the final and complete sacrifice. And that is is the important thing people need to know Smith. all right don't uh don't uh, forget about pi roofing i've been talking about pi roofing now for almost 20 years they've been they just gotten in the business when they started advertising on my show and joel and veronica johnson just good people good christian people they treat people the way they need to be treated uh they run their business the way uh, Christians should run their business, and uh, you'll be taken care of, and you'll be taken care of well. Uh, during this COVID-19 times, they're following all the protocols, so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, and But you do need to have somebody come out at least once a year, walk the roof of your house, and make sure it's in good stead. Last thing you want is a leak. And a leak can start and not even know it's there until it's done considerable damage. 
So that's why having PI Roofing come out and take a look at your roof is so important. I mean, they took a look at my roof this last time, and I'm seeing the little granulars from the, the shingles have been washed off of a lot of shingles. That's not good. All right, so I'm thinking 2021 may be the year of, or 2022 going to be the year of a new roof on the, the, the Ellswick Homestead. So what do you need to do? Do what I do. I call 707-3551. That's your number. 707-3551. Tell them you want them to come out, take a look at your roof, and if there is a problem, they'll work with your insurance company the whole nine yards, take care of it. Or you can just go online, piroofing.com. Up and fell and running to his people before the break of day. There was only one thing on his mind, only one thing to say. Angels watching over me, every move I make. Angels watching over me. Angels watching over me, every step you know, I take. That's the album that I helped promote for Amy Grant. That's age to age. That's uh, the album that came from, and that's Angels. A lot of you remember that. Also on that album, one of her most famous songs, El Shaddai, mm-hmm. was on that as well. So, yeah, she's a special person. Made a couple of wrong decisions, I believe, later on, but uh, it's got kind of got her life back in the direction it should be. There's a lot of story about her, but if she came back and wanted and was going to perform, I'd show up. Yeah, you know, I'd I'd hear it. She was she's she's really a uh, seriously a a good person. If we cannot make room in our lives for grace and redemption, then we are not following the Messiah. That's true. He certainly made room for grace and redemption. That's true. So, all right. So let's let's talk more about the reason I'm playing the song because I'm big big fan of that song. Is that we're talking about angels right now, Mm -hmm. and and that's it's a part of Scripture. Uh, They take part in a lot of historically unique times mm-hmm. they show up and uh, but i don't know anybody uh, you correct me if i'm wrong but i don't remember anybody praying directly mm-hmm. for for angelic beings to show up i know they prayed for god to show up and god sent his army mm-hmm. to protect them who was it that uh behind him the angelic army it's one of the prophets was behind him and because he was taking on a king that was not one of the better kings in israel's time but was it well wasn't elijah that, that yeah, says to tell the boy that eyes. there's seven thousand yeah. in the hills yeah thank you yep i mean he had an army in back of him yep. yeah and to jump back to i'll tie these two things together when we talked earlier about prophecy Prophecy and angels and talking about both can get used the same thing. It's rare. Yeah. So there are, um, you will have people that will tell you that there are angelic manifestations today. Um, I have never personally met the man, but Billy has met the man. It was a guy from the prison. And the reason that he gave his life to the Lord is this is a man, B- Billy's what, 6'3", six, 6'4"? Six, How tall are you? I'm 6'3", yes. Yeah. Billy has to look up to this man. Yes. That's how oh, he's big, a big guy. 6'6", six, six, huh? Yeah. Yeah, if not seven foot, he's a yeah, big, big, big man. <clears throat> and um, and he was fighting guards and grabbed a um, female guard and threw her into a uh, like a coke machine and saw the angel catch her. Yeah, she was um, she was pregnant, seven months yeah. pregnant. Um, and and when he threw her, he said, "I had a moment of realization as I let go of her that the way I had thrown her, 
probably not only injured her, but probably just killed her baby. And Mm -hmm. in that moment, he saw a manifestation where an angel stepped behind her, wrapped his wings around her, and um, took the impact on the soda machine, and she was perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, The baby was perfectly fine, and he was like, oh... I should stop fighting right now. I'm not, I'm not fighting against That's flesh and blood. That's a big dude. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and so those things happen today, um, and we see, and just like prophecy, they should be rare. Um, you'll hear me kind of joke or poke at people who talk and say things like, well, God said, God said, God said, God said, and there's like they talk to God more than the prophets ever did. Yeah. And we forget that, like the book of Ezekiel, for example, was covered like over 30 years of prophecies. Yeah. Daniel's was, uh, you know, kind of the same thing, that many years. And and the Gospels, uh, I'm sorry, the book of Acts was over a 38-year period of time. And so we get this idea that they every time they turned around, they saw a manifestation of an angel. They saw right. Peter's angel or whatever the case is. And those things were rare yeah. uh, and so prophecies were rare um, angels were rare they weren't just everywhere you kind of turn around so we just need to be careful with that all right need you to hold just a second billy when we come back i want to go back to that lady you talked to and she was talking about well, i've got my angel right we'll talk about that but right now we're going to hear what russ wants to talk about rush is here all right, back with you on the Dave Ellswick Show, 24 minutes till 8. And, uh, Billy, you were going to pick up on. Uh... Um, yes, I was. Um, so we were talking about angels making an appearance in our lives um, and, and how rare that was. And, and I just wanted to point out that not only do I believe that their direct intervention is rare. But beyond that, Scripture tells us that we don't always recognize angels when we see them. Um, you know, scripture specifically says that many have entertained um, angels unawares. So you have to understand that uh, you don't have to have a bright light in the sky and um, you know a hovering being 12 foot tall hanging out over your vehicle pushing you back out of the, <laughs> the ditch to have had an angelic encounter right um, for starters being spirits they don't have to manifest physically in order to accomplish some of the things that they have to accomplish uh, and secondarily um, you know that guy you stopped and gave 20 bucks to because he's like he's starving might have been God testing mm-hmm. uh, whether or not you were listening to the fact that he wanted you to intervene there um, so um, even even beyond the rarity of the encounters, um, knowing that you've had an encounter might be even rarer. Now, I have some things that I wanted to talk about, about Steve's uh, encounter with that young lady. We'll do that in just a second. But I want to remind you about Hillcrest Designer Jewelry quickly. Uh, know that you go to Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Now it's too late to order something unique. In other words, make something specifically, say, for your wife or, uh, you know, your your daughter or something like that uh you can go and he's got a lot of material in his display cases and i'm sure you can find something very very nice that will uh, make that uh, special someone in your life very very happy all you need to do is go visit 3000 cavanaugh boulevard that's where he's located at you go there eric is uh, there at Hillcrest Designer uh, Jewelry. He's the owner. He'll talk to you. Yeah, you tell him what it is you're looking for. He'll direct you to show it to you, and then you can go from there and uh, figure out what piece of jewelry you want for your loved one. Or you can just call 501-246-3655. 501-246-3655. 
That's Hillcrest Jewelry, uh, designer jewelry, in fact. Okay, so let me go back to what you were talking about. You were talking to that young lady that was sitting on, a, I guess, a park bench or a bus bench or whatever, and you were talking to her about Jesus, and she says, yeah, uh, I've got my angel. And it's important that we all remember something. It, Jesus is the the fulcrum point. Everything balances on him. And Satan understands that. Satan understands there's a God. Satan understands who Jesus is. Satan understands that he's already lost, but he's going to take as many people with him as he possibly can. Mm-hmm. So what does he do? He gets you, instead of to zero in on Christ, well, let's zero in on angels. Yep. And you start thinking about angels instead of about the really important stuff. That's what yep. I'm always referring to when I said people major on minors and minors on majors. Mm-hmm. And uh, the major thing is to major on the good news and of who Jesus was and why he came. Yep. Not angels. Right. Angels superfluous. Right. It's going to be cool when we get to heaven and meet them. Right. I'm not saying that that ain't going to be cool. I mean, it might be cool to meet them in this lifetime. You know, he show up, scare me half to death, I'm sure. Right. You know, tells me every time people meet angels, their knees, knees are quaking. Right. Because they're angelic beings. They're not like us. Yeah. One would have to ask themselves, there are some people that are in pursuit of such things, of seeing angels, of, of getting prophetic words, of seeing visions. And Paul put up with this stuff. Right. And he cautioned. That was actually, people forget, that was the primary reason for the love letter of 1 Corinthians 13. It's often referred to as is because he's dealing with what I would call the charismatics of the day in in Corinth and because they were so focused on the gifts and we could lump probably angels in the scene of angels, that kind of stuff. And, and he was bringing back going, guys, that stuff's not as important as you think it is right. because love trumps all of that stuff. And so, yes, we need to focus on the major things. And if we truly are walking in a regular relationship with God and staying in his word, then I don't know that you would actively pursue or desire those things because that stuff does tend to take you off off the mark, right. uh, so to speak. We use it as a distraction. Yep. One of my favorite scriptures to talk about the integrity of Paul actually has a reference to an angel in it. <clears throat> and he's talking about people. Uh, he opens up the book of Galatians. And he says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. He said, but even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you, uh, then what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. And so he's obviously making a reference to a potential angel, which they would probably Satan not see. is right? an angel. But my favorite part there is when he says, even or if was. we, even if we, <laughs> He's, he's yeah. basically saying that he has enough integrity to know that, hey, I could be deceived. Right. So if I come back to you and I preach anything other than what I'm teaching you right now, don't believe me. Right. And that's right. a level of integrity that very few people have. In other words, if he's preaching anything but the good news, yep. beware. Right. Correct. Correct. Yeah, beware. And and that's, that's important because Satan can take on the – the shape of anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah he's, an angel he's of the light. Master. He doesn't come in uh, red, tail, right. pitchfork. He's the feet. master of deception. Yep. 
He doesn't have horns. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I suspect to gaze upon him would be to to gaze upon the most beautiful thing you've ever seen, um, and um, that is the most dangerous and deadly and poisonous thing you've ever seen as well. I mean, so. it is vanity and pride is the sins that they attribute to him, right? Yeah. So I would imagine he's not hideous. <clears throat> no, no, if I you, agree. If you just want to know how how he would act, just look at a movie star. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite uh, Twilight Zones. Is the guy that's escaping from the storm and goes to the castle, and uh, he's told not to talk to the guy in the cage. You can hear he can hear the moans and the groans of this guy, and he looks like a nice guy. And he's talking about the, the dude's dressed up like an old time shepherd. All right, and uh, he's in he's in behind bars. Right. What's interesting is all the little things, insignificant things that we would think about that they have in this. Like the only thing that's keeping those doors locked is there's a little staff in the in the in where in the, the lock, lock would yeah. go, and uh, the guy looks like he's a not he's a nice guy, no big deal. That this guy has been torturing him and all kinds and the guy falls for his story and he pulls it out and lets him through and then he he starts changing right and he takes on the manifestations of of uh of satan Mm. and this guy that let him out has taken the place of the original shepherd and he's got him back Mm. in jail and Mm. talking to another person who has stopped by to get out of the storm wow it's a, it's a really great Twilight Zone. Yeah. That's back when they would actually do, oh, yeah. you know, shows like that. Right. You know, and people understood them because they had some Christian mm-hmm. belief system. Mm-hmm. We weren't in a post-Christian era. We were still in a Christian era. People uh, believe in angels, but they don't believe in the devil anymore. That's true. Yep. Yep. That's true, which is a dichotomy Yep. because they're both one and the same. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a break, then we'll come back, finish up with the Bible guys here on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's quarter to eight, and uh, if you ever get a chance, watch that one from Twilight Zone. It's really, really good. Uh, Don't forget about my good friend David Lucas. Uh, He will spend time with you and teach you what you should do to get ready for retirement, and you should be preparing a couple years out, to be honest, maybe five years out is probably the best time to do he's got this new booklet little booklet and it's a or pamphlet i guess it's a pamphlet the ultimate retirement planning checklist are you ready to retire and there's 31 different questions inside this this pamphlet i can let you see it there and you go through and you answer every one of these questions and it gets you ready for uh retirement because here's the key if for some reason you miss several of those and you don't do it, your retirement might be short-lived. I'm just, I'm just telling you, there's a very po- good possibility that that could happen. Because if you miss a few things, then what happens is that you're not totally ready for retirement. So if you'll call, uh, you know, David Lucas uh, Financial and be one of the first 10 callers right now, you can get one of them uh, for free. Uh, it is at 501-222-3315, 501-222-3315. Pick up a copy of this through David Lucas Financial. Investment advisory services offered 
through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. All right, let's finish it up for this Tuesday. Don't forget, 6 o'clock tonight, Elizabeth Sotolaro will join with me. We're going to talk about that new bill that uh, passed dealing with coronavirus and Mm -hmm. uh, what's in it. And uh, you think that they could come up with maybe 10 pages or something? Not 5,593, almost 6,000 pages. Uh, for coronavirus. And I'm sure they'll all ridiculous. sit and read it before they vote on it, right? Oh, no, yeah. It was just, let me tell you, had had uh, Congressman Hill on yesterday, and he was talking how they were sending little pieces of it to him as they were getting it ready and stuff. It was crazy. Hmm. All right, so let's talk with uh, uh, Steve here. He's got something he wanted to bring to you as we move into the Christmas uh, celebration here on Friday. Yeah. So uh, what did you want to bring it, to us? As we've talked about several times, that we – you know, like Billy and I particularly don't remember this holiday as the time of the birth of Jesus. We remember him during the time of Sukkot. <clears throat> but for those that are and, and and really are truly in this season and, and remember Christmas, remember for what it is. And I want to read the scripture, and then I'm going to ask these guys a question. <clears throat> and it's from Luke uh, 2.8. And it says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said unto them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And there will be a sign to you that you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now, when I read that scripture, who did you hear read it? You? No. No. No, I heard. I heard Charlie Brown. That's I heard Linus. Because <laughs> back in the day, they played that kind yep. of stuff on a regular basis yeah, in the right. era in which we grew up, and there was no shame, there was no fighting, there was no get the religion out of everything. Now I have to go find Charlie Brown Christmas and right. watch it because it doesn't air on television right. anymore. So yeah, I haven't seen it. I think in a that while. they. Well, CBS said I thought that they were going to air it. Again. Were they? Yeah. Yes. We'll have to look for it because there was a, such an uprising from people. When they saying, what up. do you mean you're not going to show it yeah, again? Right. But if if you're remembering that during coming this Friday, then remember it. Right. Because it really is, as it is commonly said, the reason for the season. And it is the only source. Uh, no angels, no denomination, no preachers, no nothing will get you to the presence of the Father except the Son. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except by him. And that's what we are truly remembering in this time, is that the Messiah came that was prophesied over and over and over again all throughout the Old Testament, in the book of Daniel, in Genesis, and the Exodus, and throughout the prophets, and Isaiah 9, Isaiah 7. It's just over and over again that this day would come. And so remember this day, but then remember why he came. Remember that he came for what he did come April when he died as the Passover lamb for the sins of the world. And that we all need to lay those before the altar and repent before God and seek forgiveness of sin underneath the blood of the lamb, Jesus of Nazareth, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. That is the only way of redemption. It's the only way of forgiveness. It's the only way of to the father. So don't just remember the babe in the remainder. Remember the lamb that laid down his life, who came willingly God came willingly, dropped his, um, what's the terminology that Philippians used? 
his glory, I think, um, of not so much his deity, but he came and took on the flesh and, and put on the cloak of a man so that he might redeem mankind. Remember that during this season. All right. Just so you'll know, you've already missed Charlie Brown Christmas. It did air. Oh, no. Uh, not on CBS, not on ABC, but on PBS of wow. all places. Really? Charlie Brown Christmas aired on PBS and PBS Kids on Sunday, December 13th at uh, 7 p.m. local time. That's because Apple um, got the rights to the peanut specials. And so initially it was just going to be on Apple TV Plus, but there was so much outrage of like, why isn't the peanuts going to be on like regular television this year? And so that's why they mm. got to deal with well, good. PBS. I'm glad that they did that. You know, I bet you can find it on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> it might be. I don't or know. Or buy it on DVD. Yeah. yeah, you can just buy a copy of it, watch it all the time that yeah. way. But uh, I think Amazon had it at one time too. You could watch it on Amazon. We, we watched the classic Rudolph the other night. Oh, that's yeah. one of my favorite ones. Yeah. When we pulling. watched Elf, and then we watched Elf, and then we watched Elf. You can actually go to the theaters and watch Elf right what was that? What's that character's name, the Yukon one? Yukon Cornelius. Yeah, I loved him. <laughs> Gotta love him. That That's a great, great Christmas special. I yeah. remember watching that as a kid. Yeah, It's been around forever, but yeah, Charlie Brown Christmas, you're exactly right. CBS did it from 65 to 2000, mm-hmm. and wow. then ABC bought the rights to it, and uh, they showed it, and now... Apple bought it, and I guess they released it to PBS so that they could show it. I watched they, it every year when I was a kid. Yeah, well, yeah. Mom made yeah. sure we got to sit in and watch Charlie Brown. Yeah, and that's why when somebody has a really bare Christmas tree, it's called a Charlie Brown tree. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love that tree. Uh, Heidi and I talked about that several weeks ago when we were talking about having a live Christmas tree. That's what I remember of a live Christmas tree. You shake it and all the needles fall away. Right. Yeah. You know, they just fell away and went. And and then not that way. I found that out by going over to Motley's this year. And I took. Have you been to Motley's ever? Mm-mm. You got to go there. It's tr- Christmas tree farm. It's right here in Little Rock. And I, you know, probably too late now to go out and visit them. I don't know. There's st- maybe selling still Christmas trees, but they had. It's a great place. I'm just telling you, it's a great place. And I saw it during COVID nineteen. I bet you it's unbelievable when COVID 19s not around and yeah, people yeah. flood that place big time so i enjoyed it. it was a lot of, a lot of good times well gentlemen i'll see you next week yes sir you have a merry christmas and i won't tell you to have a happy new year because we'll talk, a bit talk between now and, then. and maybe we should talk about what should believers be looking at as far as the new year mm. sure. talks about sure. does the bible tell us to look that far ahead hmm well, tell us Steve seems to look at me. To, he's not thinking. He wants to sit down and study it first, mm. and that's smart. But uh, Scott won't be here, but these guys will be next Tuesday here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'll give you some Christmas music from uh, Mannheim Steamroller, and then I will be back with you at 6 o'clock with Elizabeth Otolaro, and we're going to talk politics. <laughs> we need to talk politics today because I'm telling you what. The politicians, some of the stuff that's going on in Washington, just ridiculous. Wait till I tell you what's in this bill for uh, coronavirus. Okay, that's coming up at 6 here on the Dave Ellswick Show.
Okay. That was a huge hit. Huge, huge hit. Hello, Elizabeth. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you as well. And uh, for our lo- all those foreign nations uh, that are tuning in today, yeah, you all got money coming from the uh, coronavirus bill. It just really freaks me out how much money is going to foreign shores when this is supposed to be a bill that was supposed to help uh, you know, businesses and people here in the United States because of COVID-19. But a whole lot of money went out to uh, foreign countries. Let me just look here. It says, uh, as per usual agreement with Congress, more and more is being discovered in the 5,600-page monstrosity uh, that is going out uh, dealing with the uh, coronavirus relief package. For example, did you know the there are big payouts to foreign governments all throughout uh, the bill? Let me just run over a few of them. Uh, you get $600 for the, your troubles of watching what they've done. $135 million is going to Burma. $85.5 million to Cambodia. $1.4 billion for Asia Reassurance Initiative Act, whatever that is. Uh, $130 million to uh, Nepal. Those are all countries that are getting money because of this particular bill. So I, I just wonder, do the politicians just hate us as Americans? That they just give away our money this way, Elizabeth? Well, and they're giving away fake money in the first place. We're already $27 trillion in the red. This is the second largest, quote, stimulus. <laughs> That's such a joke. I'm so upset over this money. It's crazy. All this while, here it is, Christmas. Hey, foreign countries, here's your, here's your largesse from the United States. Never mind citizens here. We're shutting down people right and left, and people can't even make a living. They're telling us we have to stay home, and yet they're giving all this money. And not only that, it's for stuff like gender programs uh-huh. and diversity panels. Yep. Many, much of it. It's disgusting. The Climate, it the climate Security Advisory Council. Yeah, here, here's the thing. Is. I, this, is a, <laughs> this is a paragraph I want to read to you from Red State that I thought was very good. I thought this was very well written. It says, I'm not even sure what the Asia Reassurance Initiative Act is, but I know (laughs) we shouldn't be sending money to it during a pandemic while Americans are going bankrupt due to government shutdowns. And obviously, giving $130 million to Nepal and $700 million to the Sudan is not going to help your neighbor keep their business open. Uh, Congress doesn't care enough. They're going to feed their special interests and high-browed initiatives regardless. That is well-written, and that is the truth. I I, I don't even know what to say. You know, they think we have all this money to give away to everyone outside of our country, and they want to spend, you know, the media is in on this, too, but for three days at least, the airwaves have been blanketed with, oh, your stimulus check is on the way. Whoop-dee-doo. 
first of all, I don't want the money. I want to be able to go to work with my family and go do the things we know to do and be free and have liberty to have pursue happiness in our country. This is not working. But I, but I want to I want to do this like they do on television when they're offering some special deal. But wait, it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> Guess who well, else? I gets, have a whole list. Yeah, who I else? Mean, I got a twelve. It, it's the whole screen full of document of numbers going to everywhere but United States. Yeah, I mean it's incredible. It is incredible. They're sending money to five hundred million to Israel. They're sending money um, to the Ukraine. Did you yeah. know that? The same yeah. country Trump oh, yeah. got impeached over for delaying aid to over their corruption. Uh, and while uh, they're saying that things get worse, it gets even more worse, which isn't proper grammar. But Cong- uh, Congress doesn't deserve proper grammar. Here's Pakistan receiving millions for gender studies, while the bill also sets up an advisory council on climate security. Yes, this is real life wow you know that that's uh, you get a meager six hundred dollar check via payments that total only seven percent seven percent of the total spending in this bill almost all the rest goes to special interests foreign countries but i repeat myself and big business don't you feel great about your elected officials there you got it what can I say? It's just, we did it. In. We elected them. Yeah, that's and it. we are not holding them accountable. Yeah. At least it doesn't seem like we're going to be doing that. By Pakistan got uh, what was it? They got uh, fifteen million will be put toward democracy programs. Ten million will be distributed for gender programs. So I guess the Pakistanis now are got to be shown that a man can be a woman and a woman can be a man. So I'm just saying. <laughs> Oh, it is just more than maddening. I love having more than maddening. I love having you on because I can just bring this stuff up and I I can smell the smoke coming out of your ears. Oh, and I've, it should be I've coming just, out of everybody's ears. It should be coming out of everybody's ears, and I I just I just wonder when the American public will wake up. They're not and do something instead of typing on keyboards and you know whining to their neighbors. And, you know, doing what they're told to do without trying to hold, you know, these folks accountable. Um, it's it's just I, I, <laughs> I started losing it over this and I'm sure I'm not the only one. I don't think American patriots are going to really be happy with the idea. We now know for a fact Pelosi admitted it. I am not I was not going to give any relief to anybody until Biden was the king. Yeah. Well, now she's Until got what Trump she wants. Was going to be out of the full bore. And then I got to tell you, think about it this way, too. Think how fast things are already moving in that direction. Yeah, A keep, year from now, we're not going to recognize this country. Yeah, keep in mind. If we don't stand up, it's going to happen. Keep in mind that the left is already pushing Biden on a $2 trillion package again within the first 100 days. Our, our debt is $27 trillion now. It's out of anybody's reasonable understanding. I don't think it's that like, we can turn it. I don't think we can turn it around. What do you think? Well, I fear that we cannot. I fear that we cannot. And I just, I worry and I wonder. 
Um, a big thing that was happening over the weekend on social media was uh, President Trump, in one of his tweets, commented about, we really want you here on January 6th in Washington, D.C. It's going to be wild. Um, he's calling for a massive demonstration. I've seen a lot of people talking. You know, it's all that thing on social media. Everybody's happy to get on the keyboard and talk. But when it comes to action, it's um, it's heating up. It's heating up. I don't know what to think. Um, and I, I still feel that the people who are who feel like I feel are are more or less in a minority. And certainly the elected officials are not afraid of us. They're sure afraid of the woke leftists and the BLM folks and the folks who are willing to burn and riot and tear down, you know, our whole physical structures uh, everywhere. But they're not afraid of us. And I'm not real sure what we what we need to do about that. Something has to happen. Something has to change. Like I say, a year from now, we will not recognize this country. Well, it's going to be interesting. Definitely got to say that. And, uh, you know, I've always I've already told people, you know, the Republicans will take over uh, Congress in 2022. I really believe that because all you got to do is read a little history and you can figure that's going to happen. But still, uh, that's two years for Biden and the left uh, and the Democrat Party to give the left the quote woke part of their of their uh, of their uh, <laughs> you know folks to uh, spend who knows how much money and you know will the Republicans have the you know the uh, cojones to try to stop it because I believe that we'll win both of the Georgia Senate races and I have reason for that do you know that the uh, amount of ballots, mail-in ballots that have gone out is 25% less than it was for the general election. Uh, that in and of itself gives me all kinds of hope. And then uh, the poll, last poll that I read, and, and I, I don't give a lot of credence to polls, but it was like 60-something percent saying that people didn't want uh, the uh, Democrats to have control of the Senate. So I, when you start getting big numbers like that, uh, there's probably uh, some some way that uh, there's a lot of truth in that the, that the Republicans are going to hold. But still, but still, people got to understand uh, that, that what that means is it's going to be just total gridlock. Very little will get done. Uh, I'm sure Biden will try to change the Iran deal. I don't know if the Senate can do anything about that. I need to get Tom uh, Cotton on and get, uh, you know, uh, Bozeman on to talk about that. And, and what is the Republicans' plan to keep us from being pushed into that debacle again? You know, there's that undercurrent that says it doesn't matter. The Democrats, sorry, the Republicans had, you know, the presidency and both houses of Congress, and they didn't do squat with what they had at that time. And frankly, I wonder about the lack of standing up for the future of our country as far as secure elections goes. We have not seen a huge number, in fact, very few Republicans stand up and say, this must be fixed. It has to change. It is wrong. And the, the, the commotion going on over our election, in my mind, 
has pointed out to many, many people just how feckless 99.9% of our Congress people are. Now, I'm guilty just like everyone else is. I like to feel that I have confidence in my local, and I don't necessarily mean Conway, Arkansas, but my Arkansas officials. Everybody says that. Oh, I like my current congressman, my current senator, but the rest of them, you know, forget it. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen Bozeman or Cotton standing up and saying, we will not tolerate what's going on with these elections. So, I, you know, I wonder, I wonder, uh, in Georgia, voters are obviously coming out to vote, uh, it looks like, and it looks like I'm happy to hear that about the balloting that you're saying. Yeah, 25 polling is looking good. Yeah, 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 that's good news. Um, Why are we patriots continuing to vote for Republicans and letting them not do what we send them to D.C. to do? Because there's nobody else to vote for. I mean, seriously. This system, I mean, why do we keep doing the same thing expecting a different result? This is this is ignorant. You know, you know what like Einstein said? Brick wall. I, that was uh, Einstein's uh, definition <laughs> of uh, insanity. Doing <laughs> the same you. thing and over and over. And that's not how I'm feeling these days. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure how others are feeling. Well, I say that, you know, it's funny. I, Dave, are you getting phone calls from people? I'm getting phone calls from people. I'm so upset. I'm so worried. I'm so, uh, you know, I, I can't sleep. I can't think. I can't enjoy Christmas. I always get you know. those phone calls. You know that, Elizabeth. I get yeah, those phone calls Yeah, I'm getting a ton of them myself. And I say, well, why are you coming unglued? Why aren't you? Why aren't, I ask them why they're not doing something. And, they, and well, that's my only answer as well. And, and my answer is that to them. And then they say, well, what can I do? And at that point, I know we may have lost a battle already. If they can't well, even again, figure out what they should do. Because they feel in many ways that they, I know many people have said this to me, we've tried and tried and tried and tried and tried, and we can't even get in the door, much less them to pay attention to what we, the people, say we want. All right. Um, we, they're not afraid of us. They're afraid of the rioters and the people who burn down the cities and take over the buildings and set up autonomous zones again over in Seattle, by the way, it's back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 19 minutes uh, here about after the hour. Welcome to the six, six o'clock hour. And yeah, that piece of that piece of legislation. Now law 5,593 pages. It took them. And they didn't even let many members. I mean, they introduced the bill and had to vote on the same day within hours. Yeah. That's not right. Okay, hold on with me. We'll talk about it. we got to get a break in. Let's do that. Elizabeth Otolaro is with me here on the 6 o'clock hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's uh, talk some more here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 6 o'clock hour. Uh, Elizabeth Otolaro is with me. Uh, She is talking uh, on the phone with me right now. Hopefully, perhaps, you'll be able to get back in the studio next week, but no guarantees. As, uh, double quarantine. Yeah, we had double, <laughs> double quarant- exposures in yeah. our house. So, uh, yeah. hopefully, hopefully, you guys will be able to to get around by then, and that, that would be a good thing. But we've been talking about this uh, coronavirus relief package, as they call it. Relief for who? That's what I ask. Relief? Yeah, relief for who? For who? You're getting sick. That's a good as, a, as a couple, you'll get twelve hundred. If you got a kid, 
or a few, you're going to get uh, an extra 600 per child. So, you know, let's say a family of four, you're talking uh, $2,400, basically, uh, that they get if you make under, what was it, uh, 95 or 75? Yeah, something like that. 75 per person, a hundred and almost $150,000 per couple. Families, yeah. So, you know, look, I fall in, I'm going to get $1,200 between me and my wife. I'm sure that's the same thing for you and and for your husband, Elizabeth. But I'm like you. We don't want it. Yeah, I'd be happy uh, to say, hey, look, instead of doing that, why don't we shore up our our restaurants and our businesses and uh, let's open up our and uh, open people to up. go and people can go back to work and things of that nature but that's not what they're talking about they're talking about making you beholden on to the government some more yep that's it and they're doing more of it every day you know first it was uh, you know, t- what was it, two weeks to stop the spread or flatten, then it was 30 days yeah, to flatten, you get a the, flatten curve. the curve, then it was, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, we're just waiting for the vaccine. And the very day that the vaccine starts being deployed across the country, oh my God, we have a new strain and it's so much more contagious and we're all going to die. Yeah, but it, by the way, I'm, I'm it, tired of it. It, it. it takes care of even that virus. That That's the key that everybody got to understand. But what bothers me is being told that we might still have to wear, even if people get vaccinated, <laughs> they're going to say we've got to wear masks for another two years. What? Biden's already said. What? Biden's already said he's going to put in a nationwide mask mandate his first hundred days. Get ready, people. Are we going to take this in our country or are we free people who believe in liberty? Yep. Which is it? It's time. It's time. I think I said this on your show two months ago, I think it was. I saw Dan Bongino, and he said, take sides. You're going to have to take a side, and you better pick it quick because it's going to come at you so fast, you're not going to have a chance. It's going to take you over like a, you know, a wave. You better pick your sides. It's coming. I don't think people understand. I don't think people even have an inkling. I talked, be talked about Rand Paul shot. yesterday, had a great article that we uh, we quoted from him, and he said, wearing a mask is not about protection, it's about submission. That's it. That's it. And they're working on us in so many angles, it's really frightening. It's also very frightening that nobody is allowed to talk about it. No, if you in the, in the public square, it, you, you can't speak about it. You, people attack you. You're canceled. Yeah, you're canceled. Yeah, people and, attack you. I mean, you want to kill the old a, people. A lot of folks have been watching Newsmax because they're tired of Fox and what they call the mainstream media. And I think it was over the weekend I saw the film clip. The uh, you know Dominion voting machines folks and Smartmatics have put out cease and desist letters. And Newsmax received one, and they decided that they needed to go a step further and do a little minute-and-a-half disclaimer about how, yes, we may tell you a news story, but you need to understand that Dominion and Smartmatics are not up to anything. Isn't that great? Did you see Did you see that video? No, I did not it's see a, it. It's astounding. It's astounding. I yeah. mean, they, 
we're, we're that's that's class. I'm so alarmed. You know, I can't I can't even think straight about this because without a free press and without free speech, there are so many ways that we're being attacked right now. If we don't wake up, <laughs> it's it's going to be a horrible shock to uh, so many people. I'm, you know, when you look at quote the free press, you can replace that that name with Pravda. Well, yeah. What do they? They used to call it the Fourth Estate. Yeah, Fourth and Estate. It's lost. I mean, it's only part of the. Yeah, that pillar I'll is say, the that DNC pillar now. is falling in. That's that pillar line. has collapsed. All right. So, so when again, we, go ahead. I found, I'm sorry. I sound so doom and gloom. I really am alarmed. I want people to understand things can be done, but we have to do them. And it doesn't mean that you get to sit home and get on your keyboard. You know, I'm with you. Got to be more than a keyboard warrior. I'm with you on that. <sighs> All right, let's get a break in. News is coming up. Then uh, Elizabeth, be back. I've got a story I want to play from Fox that I thought was pretty good dealing with COVID. Uh, Bill, that's all coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Before I get back to Elizabeth, Elizabeth, listen to this. This is off of Fox News. This is a really good piece of uh, reporting uh, that has been done about this uh, 5,593-page bill uh, that they have uh, passed. It's about five minutes long, but listen to this, and we're going to talk about it when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. So after months and months of waiting, uh, you know, for Congress to pass another COVID relief bill, the Independent Restaurant Coalition says this latest bipartisan agreement that has been reached is just not enough and that job security for 11 million independent restaurant workers is still in jeopardy. Carolyn Stein joins us now, Luke Group co-owner and the Independent Restaurant Coalition advisory group member. Um, you know, we have restaurant owners on all the time, Carolyn. You, you even, you know, as part of this group, represent a broader kind of coalition of them. And they've, you know, we know how much they're struggling. We know how much people in the industry are struggling. But why is this bill, you know, not enough? It's a lot of money on the surface. There's PPP money in there and the rest. So what, what's missing? You know, what's missing is long-term savior here. We've all been either operating at incredibly low levels or closed for over nine months now. Um, the industry is just in dire, dire jeopardy. So while this PPP is a little bit of a help, it's really just a Band-Aid. It's a bridge to get us through the next eight eight to 24 weeks, however long we're allowed to use this loan for. Um, it, it won't allow us to bring all of our employees back on, so we still have 11 million people that are at risk. And we need to get through to the end of this, and the end of this is not in eight weeks. The end of this is not in 10 weeks. It's probably not in 24 weeks either. We're looking towards the end of the year, if at all, that we get back to normal, normal business levels. What could Congress have done then, do you think? I mean, as you know, there was a battle just to get, I and mean, it took them forever just to get to this point. So if they say, wanted to say, stay at you know, $900 billion or under a trillion, should they have said, forget about it, we want, don't want to send people direct checks, these $600 checks, and we should do something directly for restaurants? I mean, how could this have been figured out and done differently? Well, look, I think there are so many people who are in need. There are other industries in need. We're not the only one. And all of these people getting direct checks, they need that money, too. The whole country is in crisis. So um, really, they should have done a larger package, and they should have really, really created a stimulus package. This is a brief relief package, really. They should have come to the table and said, how are we going to get our country through this? And for restaurants, that means the Restaurant Act. It was a program, a grant program that had to be used in a certain way, just like PPP, or it would not be forgiven. 
but a grant program that would replace most of our lost revenues to dig us out of the last nine months of debt that we've gotten ourselves into, pay back all of that rent that we owe to our landlords, and get people off of unemployment for good. This PPP gets people temporarily off of unemployment. But just at the end of the loan, you're going to see that everyone's going to be back on unemployment, just like we were faced with when we went through our first round of PPP. So what's your next move, I guess, as a, as a group? Will you be lobbying for or rooting for Democrats in Georgia on the you know, thesis that if the Democrats control the House or the Senate, that it's more likely the Restaurant Act and just more stimulus in general gets passed you know, after the new year? Or is that maybe just is that just too late? Well, I think that this is not necessarily a partisan issue. This is an issue that has supporters on both sides of the aisle in both houses of Congress. Um, Roger Wicker from Mississippi, a Republican senator, brought this bill forward, along with a Democratic representative, Earl Blumenauer, in the House. So we have support on both sides of the aisle. Um, but yes, we're going to keep pushing for this. Um, even Chuck Schumer, I think, said today that this is just a bridge for restaurants, that they need more help. We have a long way to go. You know, our business is about bringing people together in large groups, a lot of them, in order to survive this in this business atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And so to do that, we need to look much farther than just this brief period of time that this loan covers. What's your sense of what this you know, environment, and it may not be the same. In fact, I'm almost positive it won't be the same in, in different parts of the country, but what the environment might look like in six months. I mean, the vaccine will be there. We will all feel better about that. But, you know, there's one school of thought that says there's just so much pent-up demand that everybody wants their life to get back to normal. First thing they're going to do is want to get out and, you know, go out to eat more and just spend more time doing things they used to do. And there's another school of thought that maybe it takes a while, that maybe people are, are still going to be a little bit cautious. So what, what do you think the world will look like in six months, if you had to guess? I mean, I think we'll have a mixed bag, but I think there's going to be a large number of people who are not going to be comfortable going out. And in terms of restaurant operations, we're really at, you know, we're at the mercy of our health departments and of our state and national leaders to let us know how we can operate. We've all been forced to close or curtail our, our, um, our work product um, to accommodate um social distancing and wearing PPE and taking care of people. And so we don't know what we're looking at in six months. Will we be able to seat a restaurant normally? Will we have to have tables six or eight feet apart still? I mean, if you, when you do that, you don't have a full restaurant. You have a 50% full restaurant, and that doesn't, that doesn't get us there. So we're all hoping that everyone wants to go out, but none of us really knows what the future holds in terms of where the vaccine will take us, how many people are going to take the vaccine, and just how many people actually have immunity and are going to be able to take off their masks and walk around normally again. There you go. That is a very eye-opening interview that was held on Fox with somebody for the Restaurant Coalition. They are facing a very dire future if our government doesn't get off their back. And it's the government's fault that they're in the situation they're in. Absolutely. That's why I'm not arguing. That's why it's so maddening. That's yeah. why it's so maddening. They put us in the corner. Then they won't do a damn thing to help us get out of it. But they're willing to give all this money to everybody overseas. That's right. And that that's what what's wrong here. What the hell is here. going on? Yeah, that's what's you know? wrong about all of this is that they're sending multi-hundreds, in fact, billions of dollars overseas when they've caused this themselves with our businesses here in the United States. And uh, whether you didn't, you like Trump or you didn't, 
That whole America first thing rings with me when you look at something like this. Well, it is very difficult for a rational person to look at what's happening in our country and not wonder why our economy is being trashed and not rescued in any way. Again, I don't even like to talk about how much stimulus money or relief money or whatever. What I want to talk about is getting out of our way and letting us do what we know is right. No one in their right mind wants to get this virus. No one in their right mind wants to run a business where they think everybody that walks in the door is going to get sick. No one wants to go to a business like that. They need to get out of our way. The The restaurant business in New York is, is I think, permanently damaged and maybe permanently dead. They cannot survive. We've lost so many businesses in Conway. Things are permanently changed. It's nobody's, well, it's the government's responsibility. It's their job, and we put them there. Yeah, if So it does come back to us. All you got to do is drive up uh, 67, 167, or down it. Come on down from Cabot sometime and look at all the businesses Empty that yeah. are now closed. They're not coming back. They're closed. Dave, remember when we used to see pictures and video of, oh, you know, Sudan, for example, or Ethiopia, or these countries that have just been bombed into submission in Europe, and the buildings are just, you know, carved out, caved out, everything is just rubble in the street. You might as well think the same thing when you look down Highway 67, 167. It's the same difference. It's just that the building is still standing. The people and the business and the revenue that, that you know, ran through that building is gone. Yeah, when you see. And it's nobody's fault except the government. Yeah, they're the ones they that have closed have everything. That's exactly right. They're the ones that closed. I heard a story uh, over the weekend that said 18% of restaurants in America are now closed. In San Francisco, Permanently. 85% of the restaurants yeah. are closed. 80 Five percent done. History. And it's, you know, some people think, well, you know, I don't get to go out to eat. That's not, I mean, it's the people who depend on those jobs to make a living. Yeah. Right. For their families. And we are telling those people, you cannot work. And hey, we're going to give all this money to Sudan and, you know, Israel and Ethiopia and all these other countries. But hey, here's your six hundred dollars. There's a picture floating around. I sent you. It's uh, Nancy Pelosi standing in front of her ice cream machine. I'm, and I'm looking says, at it right now. Hope you enjoy your six hundred dollars. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's she's exactly holding, how. And she's I think we ought she's to holding a piece of cake like Marie Antoinette. Yeah, like a like an her. They said you know the ice cream in her freezer, the six hundred dollars would you know about fifty dollars a carton for the ice cream. So you know, ten twelve cartons of ice cream is about as far as it's going to go. I'm I'm frankly very insulted as a as a citizen of this country that you would put these restrictions on citizens and then hand out a little six hundred dollar. I don't want the check. They need to get out of our way so we can work, so that we can have our economy. Like I say, no one wants to be sick. We know what to do. That's another whole conversation. It's hard to figure out how to take care of it because they've politicized every bit of information that we can get our hands on about this illness and yeah. this disease that's killing people. Well, let's re- and we have let's, no way. Let's remember when the first relief package was approved and what Nancy Pelosi said. She said $2,500 was crumbs. 
Remember, remember that? I remember that. That was just yeah. Crumbs. Now we're supposed to be ecstatic yeah, over the six hundred dollars. That's exactly right. Now you should be ecstatic over that. The woman is just a pariah, as far as I'm concerned. If you're a Democrat and you and you back this woman, you've lost your ever loving mind. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. You've lost your mind. Just think about these all these restaurants and everything, and they're giving us. Uh, a six hundred dollar check. They're not. They're looking at a little bit extra PP money, PPP money for the restaurants. All that money that's going overseas right now should be staying right here, taking care of people's jobs, so they have their jobs when they're allowed by the omnipotent idiots up in Washington D.C. and in uh, state capitals, and they allow them to go back to work. Get out of our way. Get yeah. out of our way. Last Let night, us be free people. Last night, I went out to eat uh, there in Cabot, and I, I went over and, and went to U.S. Pizza uh, with my wife, and I had a a uh, ham and, and cheese grilled on uh, uh, rye bread. It was really, really good, and Linda had a, a, a turkey sandwich and, uh, and Swiss cheese grilled, and it was good. She enjoyed hers. But you know what? Nobody was worried about catching COVID-19 while they were there. We walked in with our mask on, sat down, uh, got a couple of Diet Cokes and took our masks off. And, you know, people were all around us. And I'm not worried about it. I've already got my tickets for Friday night to go see Wonder Woman over at, Cab- <laughs> at the Cabot VIP Cinema. I'm going to go see that as well. I'm living my they, life as they'll let me. As they let us. As they let us. And the ones of us who are trying to live a life are not enough to keep our economy running. No. I uh, Absolutely not. It was interesting. You know, I recently had my roof worked on. It was PI roofing. They did an awesome job. I could highly recommend them had a conversation with the gentleman who came out to do a final inspection we talked about the shingles they're made differently now Mm -hmm. and he said that they are running into a time crunch not his company per se but the industry is running into a time crunch now because basically manufacturing lines have been closed long enough now that our supply lines are seriously affected and the volume of work that they would like to do, they cannot do because they cannot get the shingles yeah. because the manufacturing lines have been shut down for how many months now? And now everything is getting sluggish. Um, it's coming. Our economy is clogging up everywhere. And it's because of the supply lines and the manufacturing lines and the fact that these major states are closing everything down. It will affect our you know, state to interstate transport of materials and goods. It's gonna. It's already affected cash. You can't get change. Many places don't have it anymore. All right, we are out of we're out of time right now. We're going to come back. <laughs> I got to get a break in, and we'll talk further when we come back. Final segment coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show, six o'clock hour on one hundred one one FM. The answer. Final segment here on this uh, 6 o'clock edition of the Dave Ellswick Show. And, of course, uh, Elizabeth Sotolaro is with me. She's on 
uh, the phone and joining me in the six o'clock hour story from the Washington Times today. Pelosi, some faith oriented Congress members say they don't believe in science. Uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi yesterday said that faith oriented congressional members have told her they don't believe in science. Quote, now we have a vaccine and that gives us hope. The California Democrats said on the House floor, a vaccine that springs from science. People uh, say around here sometimes I'm faith oriented, so I don't believe in science. And I say you can do both. Science, science is an answer to our prayers, she said, and our prayers have been answered with a vaccine. And in this legislation, we had provision for it to be developed, purchased and distributed in a way, again, that is fair and equitable and free. Yeah, because of our president, Donald Trump, Operation Warp Speed. Would you say that? Can you say that, Miss Speaker of the House? Of course you wouldn't. Uh, Mrs. Pelosi made the comments while blaming. Listen to this. She blamed the Trump administration for the delay in congressional leaders coming to an agreement Sunday on a nearly $900 billion COVID-19 stimulus bill. We couldn't pass legislation until now because the administration simply did not believe in testing, tracing, treatment, wearing masks, sanitation, separation, and the rest. Scientific approach, she said. It becomes clear to us now that they believed in herd immunity quackery springing right from the Oval Office and not denied sufficiently by some of the CDC and the rest. That is a flat out lie that is such a flat can you not understand that not more than a week ago this is the same lady who said we didn't get in there and do the covid19 legislation because we didn't want to help donald trump pass it this woman is the worst liar that exists unbelievable worst liar i've ever seen she can't remember the lies that she's told I mean, that's something my dad always told me from when I was a young kid. He said, don't lie, son. If you don't lie, you don't have to remember your lies that, so that uh, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to lie again. Bottom line, she can't remember what she said, and she just continues to lie and lie and lie. And nearly 70 million of you voted for her. Please. All right, I'll shut up. No, they're drunk with power, and more than drunk in many cases, perhaps. But uh, they're just not going to stop. And the only thing that's going to stop them is people like us, patriots who believe in the future of our country and the things that our founders laid down in our Constitution, the only things that have made us unique in the world. These people want us to be just like everybody else in a third-world banana republic situation. I, I, I don't know. We talked earlier about people who've called in, and I just tell people what you probably also tell them is do what you can, do everything you can, pray, yep. and fight. And, and that's key. You can't just pray and think God's going to snap his fingers and change it. Uh, he could, oh, no. but that's typically not the way he works. He expects you to pray, listen, and then go out and fight. That's, I mean, he would not have given us the country that we have, and we were founded on 
God's hand. Yeah. And that's principle. where the founders got their inspiration. And we were founded to be free among the world. And we used to be unique. We are certainly unique in a certain way now, but not anymore the way we used to be, because the way that our Democrats, leftists and the media are taking the country and shredding us apart, just shredding us apart right in front of our eyes. And we're just standing around talking on social media. I don't uh, disagree with you. By the way, you know, the president and the Republicans in the Senate have stood firm against bailing out the blue states who have been running their states uh, incorrectly. Story came out this morning from the L.A. Times. As California grapples with staggering levels of unemployment benefit fraud, $2 billion estimated, Lawmakers and security experts say the state let its guard down well before the COVID-19 pandemic (laughs) began in March, failing to keep up with what other states have done to flag bogus claims. Now faced with what state officials uh, describe as the largest fraud scheme against taxpayers in state history, the State Employment Development Department is scrambling to fix past mistakes as prosecutors, government auditors, and legislators say their early warnings uh, were not heeded, and now they're in deep doo-doo. And this is why uh, the Republicans are standing against bailing out states like California and Delaware and New York and others and Illinois uh, because they have not run things correctly we're, we're just about out of time i wanted to just to bring that in uh i'll talk about that probably next week again when you're here uh elizabeth because it's it's just a sad sad situation that what has happened in these states is next to criminal you have a merry christmas my uh, my dear and uh, you tell jack i said have a merry christmas as well and hopefully, together, we can wish everybody a happy new year next Tuesday. How's that? So, ho, ho, ho. Merry right. Christmas to you, too. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you later, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'll be back tomorrow, right, right before Christmas, my final show on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Let's be jolly, death, with bows.